fun pod. A great way to end 2021. A great year for Clubhouse Convos. Our birth year, one might say. Yep, we're not even one years old. All right, welcome to the 42nd episode of Clubhouse Convos. Uh, it's your host, Colin Scully, today, joined by my lovely co-host, Evan. How are you today, pal? I'm good, Colin. Good to be with you. Pleased. I just found pleasure, out you're an anti-masker. You. Or you're an anti-vaxxer. I just found that out. So I a little news got, off the cusp. I just haven't gotten my flu shot yet. I'm just a little late. <laughs> Fucking uh, lazy prick. Uh, fuck you. Newman, uh, joining us with a fresh cut. How are you today, buddy? I'm good. I'm fucking tired. It's finals week. I have two finals tomorrow. It's going to be that a great ass. fucking day. Yeah. Prayers to you. I have a final next Tuesday night from 6 to 9 p.m. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Go jump it's, off a bridge before that. It's ass. <laughs> Dan, how are you? Returning home. I'm great. Uh, finished up my last final yesterday for my tax course, and I actually got a 90 on it somehow. Walked out thinking it was a 60. <laughs> when I got home, so I was a 90. No Just idea how I flip. pulled that off. Little six Just, and nine flip. Yeah. <laughs> Just another reason for me to go to you with my taxes when I'm older. Uh, I'm not doing taxes. <laughs> I don't care. You can't pay me enough. <laughs> uh, so a little podcast news before we jump into the episode. Uh, we've kind of decided as a group that we're going to take a couple weeks off around the holidays. Uh, this is going to be our last episode of 2021. So we'll be back in 2022. Um, to all those who have joined us for the ride, not all, the few that have joined us for the ride, uh, we appreciate it. We love you guys. And uh, we're looking forward to a great year in 2022. Should be fun. All right, boys, let's get into some uh, some NBA. So last week we had Jason on the podcast, obviously talked all MLB, did not get a chance to get to our power rankings that came out last week. So we'll start with those. Um, number one, Golden State staying atop the power rankings. Number two, Phoenix right behind them. And Utah at number three. So the top three teams in the West are our top three teams in the NBA right now. Brooklyn at four, Chicago at five, Milwaukee at six, our top three teams in the East slot in at uh, fourth or yeah, four through six, uh, same as the Atlantic division. Those guys are top three. Then Miami seven, Memphis makes an appearance at eight, Clippers at nine and Wizards to 10. Uh, anybody have any problems with those rankings? I don't necessarily. Um. Just quickly, um, because we did make these rankings, I believe, like a week ago. Yeah. Um, I probably would have, and we're going to get into it, but I probably would have Cleveland in the top 10 right now. They're I would as well. Really good. I would yeah. have them as well. Wait, Cleveland Cavs? Yeah. Yeah. What, what have they done? I haven't really been following. Oh, my oh, well, God. We'll get into them a little later, but they're yeah. 17 and 12 right now. They're in fourth place. Wow. Yes. Who, who's coaching there? Is it uh, Bickerstaff or who Bickerstaff. is it? What a job he's done. Holy shit. Wonderful. Yeah, I would have them in my top 10. That's a great call, Dan. 
I might yes. move the uh, the Clippers down as well. I think the Nuggets are in fifth now. Mm-hmm. Yes, Nuggets got to win. Uh, they beat the Wizards, uh, I believe, either a night or two ago. So, yeah, I probably have them back in there. Um, yeah. I agree. Clippers probably out for me. I think it's interesting. Um, we have Golden State, Phoenix, Utah, one, two, three, before we even get to the top team in the East in Brooklyn. And then I believe Milwaukee has surpassed Chicago now. They're in second. Um, so the rankings are a little bit outdated, but I don't really have many problems with them. No, I, I don't really either. Obviously, like, I'm sure in the pod, I didn't really check out the agenda much beforehand, but I'm sure we'll be talking about COVID. And, yes. And how it's just killing the Bulls. Killing yes. the Bulls. And Giannis will, got it, so we'll, we we'll get, get in that that. Uh, the first thing I had on the agenda, although, uh, you know, let's just talk about the COVID now. So Bulls, Bulls have the COVID outbreak. I believe it's 11 players right now in COVID protocols, pretty much their whole team. Uh, they, they do sit in third, at Evans, uh, as Evan pointed out. But it seems like they're starting to become a COVID problem again. James Harden's in protocols. Giannis is in protocols. Um, on the NHL side of things, we'll get into it a little later. Calgary now has 17 um, either players or coaches in their protocols. Boston is experiencing a little bit of an outbreak. Bergeron and Marchand joined Craig Smith in their COVID protocols after playing Calgary this weekend. So it seems like it's kind of getting out of control. Um, it's a lineup card question, so I don't want to spend too much time on it, but on a scale of one to 10, how concerned are you guys with this COVID situation? We'll go to Dan first. Um, I mean, I think it's definitely an issue and it's going to cause some problems. Um, at least I think in the NBA, because of how many team or how many players are on a roster in the NBA compared to the other sports where there's maybe more people on a roster and they can kind of be flexible with it. Um, but I mean, where we are with vaccinations and booster shots and kind of what we know about COVID and the protocols not being 14 days now, they could kind of be towards 10. Um, I'll give it like a six or seven. I don't think it'll be that bad. Um, I think we're just going to have a tough stretch, but I kind of think we're going to be able to weather the storm. It may upset the schedule a little bit, but I, I don't see it being a major problem. Connor, what are your thoughts? I would agree. I'd probably give it like a five. I think we'll have to play some scheduled gymnastics. I know the Bulls just postponed two games, which is the right thing to do. But I think at this point, all the leagues just want to play and they're going to play regardless, um, whether that be with full rosters or I know the Hurricanes are playing with two players missing today, I think, which is really funny. Um, but I, they're, they're just going to do their best seven, to play. They're skating yeah. what? 17 guys, 16 guys. Yeah, they are today, I believe, or tomorrow, something wow. like that. So they're just thick as fuck it. So they want to play. I mean, yeah, you do want to play, but on the flip side, you got to think about long-term. Like, you're skating 16 guys, 15 guys. If you do that, you know, four, five, ten times during the year, that's going to catch up to those 15 guys. Like, you're playing a lot of minutes – uh, and it's just tough. Like, you don't want to risk an injury just to play the game. I know you have to get the games in, but I think it could be become more of a problem than I think maybe we see it becoming. I'd, I'd say it's more of a seven or an eight, in my opinion. I think with the new variant, whatever it is, it, it seems like it's getting a little ugly. Evan? 
Yeah, no, I kind of agree with you, Colin. I'm probably seven or eight. Um, I think for me, like, obviously, like, I think we got to start living life again. I, you know, I've been pretty, um, I've had that opinion for a little while. Um, but no, this is bad. Like, we saw, like, with the Bruins last night, obviously, like, for example, like, Marsh hands down, uh, which hurts the team's ability to perform a lot. And now you see today Bergeron's gone. Like, that's going to impact the Bruins. Um, and we, honestly, we'll probably generate into more losses. And it's just like, I think it's a combination with seeing like what's going on in all the sports, like the NFL, like I thought we were fine and I thought we were kind of coming out of this. I think it's like the winter's playing a role. Um, but like to see like the 70 tests after almost nothing, like all year, it's kind of shocking to see. And then like within the NHL, like seeing how many players have been added to the COVID list, like it just suddenly just all come out of nowhere, which is, which is crazy. Um, and I think it will hurt the teams. Like, I think it will hurt the Bulls in the long term. I think it will hurt the Canes. I think it will hurt the Bruins. And just like when your best players aren't able, aren't able to be out there um, and COVID's running through your organization, like you're going to probably lose more games. And that's just a fact. Like it sucks. It certainly does. Um, I know we have some more COVID talk on the agenda, so we'll uh, we'll save that for a little later, but Good beginning to what should be a fruitful discussion during the lineup card. Um, let's move on to some some current NBA news. Uh, today, Danny Ainge was hired by the Utah Jazz to be, uh, and if you can tell me what this job entails, I, I'd love to know. He's going to be the alternate governor slash CEO of basketball operations. Uh, I, don't really know why we have governors in basketball organizations what the fuck he's gonna do i don't know but um kind of just finishes the the chapter in boston it seems as though now that he's taken a new job uh it makes it just obvious that boston had forced him out they were kind of done with the danny ainge way um so what are your thoughts on the hire what it means for utah um is he going to even be important to the organization, Evan? Your thoughts? Um, well, if I remember correctly, when he kind of left Boston, like I'm pretty sure he was rumored to go to Utah anyway, like right afterwards. Like I don't know if you guys remember those rumors. So it's interesting to see like what, like a year later that he actually goes there. I'm not sure he'll play much of a role. I'm sure he'll be involved in the decisions. He'll be in those meetings kind of uh, with, you know, the GM, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but obviously, like, he's not really the main figure there. I think, like, more so it's guys like Quinn Snyder, the head coach, that are the more important guys. And obviously the players. Like, I think he'll be in those meetings, but I don't think he's going to have such uh, a major impact on decisions. I think he'll give his input, be kind of a consultant, um, but really nothing beyond that. Connor? Yeah, I don't think he's going to play much of a role. So I'm, I'm reading this article. Basically, governor is uh, their new word for – owner uh, in a political correct way uh so i guess he's a, like a part-time owner of the jazz but i don't really know if that plays a role i think their gm there is doing a really good job so it's not like he has to do much dan i know you are not uh anywhere near a basketball expert but do you have any opinions on this uh, I mean, not really. Evan kind of hit it. Um, I felt like over the summer, we heard a lot about Danny Ainge going to the Jazz. Uh, now it finally happens. Um, I don't think he'll have that big of a role, kind of just kind of give his two cents uh, here and there, um, just kind of overseeing the Jazz organization. Um, but I, I don't know if it'll have a huge impact. I mean, the Jazz are a successful team over the last couple of years, so 
I, I don't think there's really any need for him to make any big changes. So just kind of a guy with some experience, maybe to help stabilize that franchise to have success over like a decade or so. Yeah. I, I don't really think it's that important of a hiring. I think, um, it's kind of like Evan said, it seemed like he was going to Utah when he left Boston. I think, I think he's just an, as Evan said, a consultant. I think he's just going to end up being an overpaid consultant. Uh, I don't know what uh, Danny, a, chief, a CFO is chief financial officer. So I don't really know, you know, where Danny and just role falls into that. I don't see why he's exactly an owner. I don't know. It doesn't really make much sense to me, but it seems like he's just, brought on to be another voice and you know and good for Danny to uh to find a landing spot after Boston. Um moving on, Steph Curry last night broke the three-point record for all-time three-pointers made in the NBA, surpassing Ray Allen. I'm not sure how many threes Steph finished with, but I know um anything over 2973, 2973 three-pointers uh is the record. So Steph will continue to build upon his record for the foreseeable future. Uh, two questions for you guys. So recently this week, it could have been last week, Stephen A. Smith, uh, I saw an Instagram post, him making the argument that if Steph were to win another title, that he should be considered the GOAT of this generation over LeBron. Uh, so I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that argument. I, I honestly don't mind it. So Dan, what are your thoughts? Uh, it's an interesting question. Um, I, I don't know if I could do it. Um, although it, it would be very close. I, I think I'd still have LeBron over Steph. Um, I don't know if I could give a valid argument more of just, I think LeBron's maybe still the better player. Um, I don't think LeBron is the goat all time, but at least for this generation, I think I'd still have to have LeBron ahead of Curry. Newman. Yeah. I don't know if I could put him over LeBron, but I mean, it's a compelling argument if he continues to play at this level. I think they were saying last night at this pace, he'd hit 4,000 threes by the end of his career, which would just be a ridiculous number. Um, I think he is the best point guard of all time. I think that's debatable, Like, I, but I would consider him the best point guard of all time at this point. Um, and it was awesome. The first basketball game I've watched all year. I just I wanted to see him break. Well. I just wanted to see him break the record. I haven't watched any other basketball this year. He came out and hit the first one from the fucking logo. And I was like, Holy shit, this guy's insane. Um, Ev, your thoughts on the Steph LeBron debate. Yeah. So I think I kind of agree with Connor Dan. I think like it's LeBron number two. Um, but I think you got to also take into account, like how Steph has really changed the game and how, you know, all the young kids growing up now are just trying to like hit a bunch of threes. Like he's really like taking the game like from the paint and the interior back behind the three-point line. You know, you've seen more threes in the last, like, decade. Um, really, since he got into the league, uh, it's just kind of how the game has trended. And I think a lot of kids would rather want to be like Steph Curry over LeBron James, like a good playmaker, point guard, uh, and just someone who can really pull up with threes, create their, create their own shot. Uh, so I think Steph's impact on the game has been more prevalent than LeBron's. So I, th I could see it from that perspective, but I think overall impact on teams and performance – I guess LeBron. Yeah, you make a good point about how Steph's changed the game. They showed uh, – Newman, I'm not sure if you saw it. They showed a graphic last night. It was like – I think the three-pointer started in like 78, I think the graphic said. And like 1980, the team-wide, like a team average attempted three points per game was three. 
And then Steph's rookie year, it was like eight. And then it was 12 in 2012 or 2015. And now it's 23. Like threes are becoming such an important part of the game. But when you talk about like the greatest of all time, like, yes, Steph has the three point record, but he only has half the career points LeBron does all time. Like LeBron's number three on the scoring list and Steph is number 60. Um, So I think when you take into consideration their actual achievements, LeBron's obviously been in the league for much longer. He has, he has more titles, he has more points. Um, I just think right now, like, yes, the Lakers are underperforming and that that's maybe the root cause of that take right now. Um, But I don't think you can make a a great case that Steph is just an all around better, um, better NBA achiever than LeBron is. Um, there's one other question. Oh, yeah, yeah. What do you guys think Steph finishes? Like, how many three points? I'd say over 4,000. Over 4,000, I think. Yeah, he won't, he won't ever stop. And he's on pace, they said, this year to make 443s. And he's the only guy to ever make 400 or more in a season. So, it's crazy. Like, the way he's accumulating them, he could go over 4,000. He could go over 4,500. Next, uh, we already talked about the Bulls. Let's talk about the Cavs. So, as Evan did not know, they're in fourth place, uh, 17 and 12. Uh, my question to you guys, would you guys call the Cleveland Cavaliers this year's An- uh, Anaheim Ducks? Kind of uh, like the Ducks this year, a team you nobody really saw being very good. Um Everybody said they were overachieving. It'll slow down, but they've continued to keep their pace. Anaheim's in first place. We'll talk about them a little later, but I, I think it's a decent comparison. Evan, you scoffed at me. Well, I just think it's, like, different sports, too. Like, I granted, the Ducks, they have some really good, like, young players with Zegris and, you know, Sonny Milano's really come on, you know, Drysdale, and they obviously get slapped the veteran, and then obviously the goaltender, how good is John Gibson? So I, I can't really compare the two. Um, I think the Cavaliers, I honestly don't – like, they might get a play-in, but they're not going to finish top, like, eight. Like, there's no way. I, I would put a lot of money on that right now. I think it's bound to fall off. They will Sexton. Um I think it's just a team overachieving right now. And I might be wrong. I know. I mean, we said that a month ago when Sexton went down and they've only improved. (laughs) I'm just going to sold. You're sold on the Cavs. I think they'll finish top eight. Wow. Dude, have you even watched them play this year? They're only like the top eight. They're only two games up on the eighth seed. Like, and that includes them being ahead of Boston, Atlanta, Philadelphia, Miami. The East isn't good. No, it's Ace not. It's always shit. No, you can but take like, advantage. Have you Hawks, watched like, them play, Evan? Have you watched the Cavs? I've play watched this a couple Celtics games, but like for me, the Boston is better than them. Atlanta's better than them. Um, right now, Boston is not playing better Philly than them better. right now. Boston has more talent. Boston has more talent on that. Doesn't right. matter. Play. We've proved that. It's about wins and losses. It's Evan. so early. I mean, what are they? Twenty-nine games. I'm not ready to be like, oh. Yeah, like, they're going to make the playoffs. No, I'm not going to get on that train yet. I'm sorry, guys. You can disagree with me. That's what makes these pods so good is everyone can have their own opinion, and um, that's mine. (laughs) Newman, what's your opinion? 
I'm see. Here's the thing. I'm not sold on them, but like, this is how we felt about the fucking Giants at the beginning of the year. Consistent production from every single player up and down their roster. Like, I think eight of them are averaging over 11 points a game. That's pretty good um, for what we thought was going to be a pretty shitty team. And like the Giants, they just don't seem to stop. So I like they could easily just plow their way into the playoffs. Um, I would I would go out on a limb and guarantee there may not be more than three teams in the league with eight players averaging 11 or more. You can look. I could not think of it like two other teams. Maybe the Jazz. You guys chat. Maybe Utah. Possibly the Jazz, possibly Phoenix. Those are the deepest teams in the NBA, though, and I can't think of teams much deeper. Jazz have five. Jazz have five. Okay. That's I mean, a really interesting up. stat. I mean, that's a great yeah. argument. Yeah. As um, Evan fucking dies from the flu here. Okay. Phoenix has eight. Um, Phoenix has eight. But I'd be surprised. Those might be the only two. How would That's the only two I can even think of. Yeah. I mean, I, I like leaving a lot. I, I, I mean, come back in a month or two, but. I'm with Dan. They look really good. Allen is playing really well. Garland is coming on. I mean, they said Garland would be better than Sexton, and he's filled Sexton's hole quite quite nicely. Ricky Rubio's having a great year. Mobley looks like a fucking great pick. Um, I don't know. I, I like the Cavs. They got something going on, and they don't even have Kevin Love. Maybe they flip Kevin Love trade deadline like they've been uh, promising to do for the last fucking half century. Get um, something back. There's also a stat about the Cavs. Um, and the reason I know this is because my roommates uh love to bet on the Cavs because they're underdogs for a, lo- a while, but you know, now everyone's kind of caught on. But um, the Cavs, I'm pretty sure, are undefeated against opponents that are under uh 500 record. So they're being the teams that they need to beat, and then they're able to compete against uh, like the other good teams in the NBA. So, like, I- I'm gonna take a team that is beating teams that they should. And able to compete against the top guys, like that team's going to make the playoffs. Unlike the Celtics, that just have random woes against terrible teams and just aren't consistent. I might, yeah, I might bet I mean, on the Rockets tonight to beat them. <laughs> no, they're on a tear. Come on, the Rockets are. are on fire. We fixed yeah, them, <laughs> Dan. I agree with you. Like, if, look at teams. You know, you look at the New England Patriots. Right, they're beating every team they should beat. And they're losing to the good ones, like, but they're competing, you know? Yeah, uh, you look at fucking even the Bruins to some extent. Like most of their wins this year have come against bad teams that you need to beat. And most of their losses are or losses in overtime. They've come against good teams. So if you can beat every like bad team, you're gonna end up with a great winning percentage because there are a lot of bad teams in the NBA. Especially the East. It's just not yeah, strong. It's not. All right, let's move off the Cavs. Uh, I can see Evan is just sick and tired of listening to us talk about how good they are. No, I, I like hearing you guys' opinions. <laughs> wow, thanks, buddy. Uh, let's talk about the Hawks, a team Evan mentioned. He he thinks they'll surpass the Cavs in the standings. The Ca- Hawks are current, not Cox. Hawks currently sit at uh, 13 and 14. They're in the last place for the play-in in the 10th seed. What's going on with them? Why are the Cavs... Why are the Cavs in fourth and the Hawks in tenth? Anybody? I'll take it. Um, again, it's just early in the year. I'm not 
worried about it. I think they'll be fine. They'll figure it out. It's still early, in my opinion. You saw what happened with them a short year ago. Um, you know, they were really bad. They made the coaching change, and then they were suddenly really good in the second half. Um, I think it'll be similar, except no coaching change. I think Nate McMillan's really good for that team. Um, like I said, I mean, it's 29 games of an 82-game season. I, I'm just not – way through. I'm just – again, it, there's so much time for things to change. So much time. And I, um, I agree. I'm going to go with the Hawks just – with the talent that they have, I'm going to pick that talent over the talent of the Cavs. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Before we get to you two, my, my quick question here to Evan is, sure. where is that spark going to come midseason if it's not from a coaching change? Like, where, where's, where the tide's suddenly going to turn? Because yeah. the Hawks, to me, seem like a team that run extremely hot or extremely cold. And typically, teams that are much more consistent and, and play – the same style of game every night have much more success than teams that don't. So where do you see the Hawks suddenly becoming that sort of team that can consistently go out and try and win every single night and be competitive doing it? Well, I think this would be a good question for Dan. Um, but just cause he's he, like, obviously being in a locker room like that, uh, he would probably have more of an understanding than I would. But like, I think if you're Atlanta, right, like it's all about getting like some sort of streak going, like get right now, like their next game comes against the five and 23 magic win that game. Then you're back home against a Denver team who is getting hot. But like if you can win that game and you can start to generate runs, it's, it's really about streaks and getting hot. And I think Atlanta has the talent and the ability to get hot. They're deep. They can shoot the three. They got some uh, Collins is really good, big man. Capella is really good, big man. So it's all about, they have the talent, right? It's just a matter of finding a way to get hot and I think that's, that involves coaching. I think it involves the players being held accountable, holding themselves accountable. So I think it's a combination of those kind of things. Dan, what are your thoughts on, on inside the locker room? What what kind of things are you looking for if you're trying to jumpstart your team? Well, I mean, playing football, it's much different because obviously you have a whole week to build off to get to the next game. So there's a lot that goes into it. But like the NBA, you're playing almost like every night. You, you'll have a night off in between some games, maybe um, playing back to back. So it's hard to like kind of get into that winning rhythm. But I mean, if you kind of look at where we're coming up in terms of the NBA schedule, I guess, I mean, the holidays are coming up, so they're going to be probably playing a little less. So maybe you get some time off and kind of can get catch a spark there. But then as we've kind of seen in the past, also all-star break, I mean, a lot of good teams kind of take that week off and kind of just get themselves in the form and where the East isn't that good. You could kind of maybe use that as a spot where the Hawks could, maybe turn around and actually start to play well. I mean, that's far away, obviously, but I mean, really it could happen at any moment. I mean, look at the Rockets. As soon as we talked about how they could go on such a run for losing, they just turn it on out of nowhere. It, like it just wasn't predicted to happen. So like, it really is just kind of, like the NBA is just weird. Uh, it's something like it just randomly happens. Like, I don't know if in the locker room, there's any magic words to be like, oh, like now, like, in my personal experience, football is just so much more different than basketball because of the timing between games. So I, it like, kind of like Evan said, just get a win against the magic and just keep piling on. And that's how you really do it in football as well. Yeah. You make a good point Dan, about the difference between the two and, and the importance of timing, right? Like hmm. if your best players feel like they aren't getting that chance to rejuvenate themselves and, and play it to their best of abilities, 
like uh, say a quarterback gets a, a week, right? And he doesn't even have to practice most of the week if he needs the rest. So uh, guys like Trey Young and those guys aren't getting that sort of rest. And, and that's a great point, Dan. It's a great point. Uh, Newman, anything? I mean, the only thing I would add is like, yeah, it's early, but you're 27 games in and literally no one outside of Trey Young is scoring the basketball. And it's what plagued the Celtics for fucking years. And I think it's coming to, to plague the Hawks. Like, Collins, yeah, 17 points a game. And then they just fall off a cliff. No one is averaging more than 10 outside of those two. And that's kind of what the Celtics had a problem with. No one is shooting the basketball above like 40%. So, yeah, you got to get hot. But I mean, you're almost 30 games in and nothing's changed. It's a little concerning. I would just add real quick, too, going off of what Connor just said, like the Hawks, like in the playoffs, were so good when Trey Young was playmaking and you know really passing the ball how many times do we see like alley-oops and like pick and rolls with Collins and Capella like creating opportunities and I think they were better like yeah he had some great games in the playoffs but he was really making the lives easier for everybody around him you know especially with those three-point shooters like Bogdanovich and Herder and, and and those guys so it's like I think like he I don't know how many assists he's averaging I think he's probably top five in assists but like I think the Hawks are at their best when he is not only scoring the ball, but when he is playmaking and creating shots for his teammates. Yeah, you make a good point, Evan. I think from a Hawks perspective, they expected Herder and Reddish to take a big step forward and being able to create their own opportunities. So I think that's maybe where you see some of the offensive struggles as well. Um, but that's enough on the Hawks. I can't believe we've talked this much NBA. We're almost 30 minutes in here. Um a couple more teams on my list real quick. Um, the New York Knicks have lost their last four. They dropped to 12 and 16. Um, Kemba Walker has been removed from the rotation after pretty much being garbage. Um, a Danton Heinen, if you will, a taker of space, um, a nothing. Uh, so what are the, what's the next outlook here? Uh, they just spent all that money on Kemba. It seems like maybe the magic is falling apart there. Lost to the Warriors last night. Um, what do we see going on in New York, especially from Dan, who had them quite high? Yeah, I mean, I, I really haven't followed the Knicks, and that reason being, like, they were obviously hot at the beginning of the year, and I liked it, but then they just started to fall off. Um, and – I don't, I really don't know. Um, I just don't know much about the Knicks. It was just a weird gut feeling for me. So I can't really give a take as what could fix them. Um, but I don't know, New York, it just feels like classic Knicks. Even when they get a little success, it just seems to just go the wrong way. Kind of like my take on the Mets. Um, just two franchises that maybe like as of, as of recent, at least for the Knicks, like just can't figure it out. Um, even when things are going well, it just seems they, they kind of squander it. Um, and even for how high I was on the Knicks, I mean, I really didn't like the Kemba Walker signing, and that's really proving to be true. Um, just not a good signing. A player like that was very talented, but injuries have just kind of derailed his career, it seems. Um, and just, and maybe that derailed the the Knicks was Kemba Walker and just not having another playmaker outside of Julius Randle. So, I don't know. Connor, Evan, anything to add? Uh, the Knicks suck, and they weren't in my playoff predictions, and Kemba Walker was my bust of the season, so I'm happy with how they're playing. <laughs> There's just no good – like, they're just not a good offense. They can't score the basketball. I mean, Randall, I think, was one of my busts. Like, I was never really impressed by him. Like, granted, he just has such, like, 
things are going to catch on to that. Like, yeah, he had a really good year last year, but like when he's your only guy who can do like anything remotely good on offense, you're not going to be very good. So I agree with Newman. Yeah, I think they got to move on from Knox um, while he's still young, try and get some sort of offense out of him since he really hasn't worked out there. Uh, I, I also had Kemba as a bust. Um, there's one more thing. Yeah, like if you're replacing a guy like Kemba Walker in your rotation with Alec Burks, like you need some help. Alec Burks is, is nothing but a role player at best. A um, couple more teams real quick. Memphis, Grizzlies, now 17-11 fourth place in the West uh, and the Blazers are the inverse 11 and 17. Uh, so just a quick question on the Grizzlies. Uh, you succeed the success. Can you see the success being sustained by them? And on the Portland side of things, do you see any sort of monumental change within the franchise, whether it be McCollum, Lillard, anything else, Dan? Um, it, about the Grizzlies, it's just weird because their success kind of started as John Morant went down. So, like, it, it's like, so he comes back to the lineup. It's like, are they just going to keep the success going? Like, or is, like, the flow going to be disrupted type of thing? Jaw is obviously a talented player, but chemistry, it, like, does it just affect how they're doing right now? So it's very interesting to see what the Grizzlies are going to do. But I think adding Jaw for them is going to be very huge if he's not even already back. I don't know. But, um, I mean, the Grizzlies are hot right now. Um, I don't know if they'll finish fourth. Um, the West is very competitive. Um, and I think there's a lot of good teams below them that will kind of figure themselves out. But uh, I think Memphis is a playoff team. I think they've kind of shown the ability to turn it on when they need to. Um, and I like them to be a playoff team. Um, but in terms of Portland, uh, I just don't think Portland will ever be really good. I don't think it's a destination that a lot of big, uh, big name players want to go. Um, and I mean, they're lucky to have Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, but outside of that, I, I really couldn't tell you what they, what they're going to be able to do to make moves, to make it work or even long-term what they could do. So I don't really like Portland right now. Connor, let's go to you. You know, the weird thing is I'm looking at their stats and Portland has better stats up and down the board. So why are they the worst team? <laughs> <laughs> this makes no fucking sense. That's just how weird basketball is. Sometimes I feel like, like you have all these guys averaging at 20 points per game on Portland and you can't string together wins. It's true. Well, the weird. problem is they give up a million points too. Yeah, that's true. Ev, any thoughts? Um, as far as Memphis is concerned, like good for them. I really don't I sent on this pot, like I hated the Valentinus trade because I thought him and Morant had such like good chemistry. So I would love to like I know granted he's having a lot of success with New Orleans, but I would have loved to see him on this team. Um obviously they beat Minnesota by 70, really like they seem to be on going on the right path as far as Portland goes. But I'm the Portland Trailblazers. I honestly make a trade for Ben Simmons. I think you gotta do something. I, I think you gotta split up Willard and McCollum. And I think you've got to bring in a guy who was the number one overall pick and uh, who really seems like he wants out. Um, I think you gotta make some sort of change. And I think Ben Simmons would be pretty good there. Him and Willard have a good relationship from what I've heard. And I think that's just that's an avenue that Portland should go down. They gotta switch something up. And granted, they have some of the same problems as the Celtics, like right, two good guards, like forwards type players and then there's just no good big men Nurkic has struggled to stay healthy not really a good bench so those are kind of the problems for Portland but I would totally trade for Simmons if I'm the Blazers yeah I think uh, another trade avenue would be the Indiana Pacers big men and Sabonis and Turner I think both of those guys would be a great fit to play with Lillard um, so that's another option for them but yeah 
it is weird. Like Toronto or sorry, Portland always seems to be like perennial, like six, seven, eight seed. And it seems like, I feel like they're just going to get back there anyways. Like it seems like a team with Dame is never going to have like a, a real losing season. I don't see them as Newman said, they have great numbers. Like, well, they had thoughts for what eight years, and this is the first year without them. So maybe yeah. that's kind of rule. A little learning curve for sure. All right, let's move on to the NHL here. Um, a lot of NBA talk. Let's talk some NHL. All right, so our NHL power rankings from a week ago. I'm sure these would change a bit more than the NBA. Uh, Florida at number one, followed by Washington at two. The Rangers climbing five spots to three. Toronto staying put at four. Carolina dropping all the way from one to five. Uh, Minnesota moving up a spot to six. Edmonton dropping four spots to seven. Tampa at eight. Calgary at nine. And Anaheim rounded out our top ten. Uh, I would say that Anaheim would probably be higher than Edmonton and Calgary in my rankings now. They're in first place. Probably put Washington ahead of Florida. Um, but not many other change. I, I don't know if I'd change out any of the teams, but maybe the ordering. Any thoughts? So I've been watching some of the highlights for some of the Sportsnet uh, YouTube page, one of my favorite accounts. And if you guys know about it, they post so many good clips and, and highlights of every game. So usually I skip through and like watch the goals. Um, Oilers are in fucking trouble. Five straight losses at home. Six. six straight losses, all at home. Like they've lost the Wild, the Bruins, the um, the Leafs last night. Last like night. they, Mike Smith, they miss him a lot. Koskinen fucking blows. Stuart Skinner, not good at all. Like they're just giving up so many goals. Granted, I know the defense is, has always been a problem there. So they're probably out of the top ten for me. Just a very beatable team. Right now, I think it's a crime. I know I had Colorado on my top 10. I think it's a crime that they weren't in this. Um, really coming on, scoring a fuck ton of goals. McCarr, probably the favorite for the Norris right now. They're beating the Rangers twice. Like, they look fucking good and unstoppable. So, they should be back in. And Vegas should also be back in. I don't know why they're not here either. That's true. It was a week ago, though. Those teams have gotten hot within the last week. Yeah. No, I agree, but I, th- I thought Colorado should have always just been in it. Newman? I think the only thing noticeable thing, it's just crazy that the top six teams in the league standing-wise are from the East. Like, that's fucking nuts. Yeah, um, that was my next point. Uh, there are four teams with 40 points or more. They're all in the East. Washington, Toronto, Florida, Tampa Bay. Uh, so a very competitive Eastern Conference this year specifically the Atlantic division. Um, I mean, the Metro is extremely competitive, but the Atlantic with Toronto, Florida, and Tampa all over 40 points is fucking nuts. Bruins could be in some trouble. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not willing to say that, but, like, they just can't fucking string together much. Granted, they had good games in Calgary and Edmonton, but, like, to come home and really lay an egg. I think right now you got to get most of the starts to Omar. Right, like Swayman gave up four last night pretty quickly. They're down four nothing. Um, gotta ride Olmark right now, right? Like, yeah, I to. mean, a couple of them were tough. Like the first goal went off four birds back and just under the crossbar. The second goal was a deflection that he really didn't stand much chance on, and the third goal came with 0.5 seconds left in the period. Oh, I know. So. But I'm, I just think, like, you know, Omar looked really good against Edmonton and Calgary. 
No, and I, I agree. Think, like, I hate, I, I absolutely hate this, right? The, I hate, this was the problem with Vegas. Granted, it was the playoffs, but like, I hate the back and forth flip between goalies. Fucking pick one and just ride whoever it is. If they're hot, like, why are you starting Swayman? last night i don't get it well like, it seemed like they were kind of going to ride all mark i mean he just played um back-to-back nights in out west no i, I don't i don't know if it was back-to-back it might have been no it, okay you know, well, they played, played edmonton two, thursday and played Calgary two Saturday. games two games in three nights you come home after a long trip across the country it makes sense to go with Swayman. I just I get pretty passionate about this because it's like you see teams like Tampa Bay and you see teams like New York Rangers and Toronto. Yeah, like but they are riding our, the back of Campbell to our start goalies the are not yeah. as good as those guys have been playing. You paid Omar five and a half million yeah, a I year. Mean, last six games, Omar has put up elite numbers and he didn't yeah. play from yeah. from December second to the eighth. Although it didn't have he was hurt or some shit. Yeah, he was, yeah, you got sc- late scratch to one of the games. Yeah, like, but I would ride Olmark. The way the numbers he's been putting up have been very good. And I think when if you were to resign Rask, Swayman would be sent down anyway. So why not give Olmark some fucking playing time? Yeah, especially how good he looked against Edmonton and Calgary. Newman, you said it to the chat. He looked fucking great against the Flames. Like, wh- why are we going back and forth? I, I hate it. So my least favorite thing is when coaches do this, and fucking ride the guy you're paying five and a half million to. Like, especially when he's hot. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. Pisses me off. Uh, Dan, did you have anything to add? Nope. All right. Um, (laughs) So I already talked about the COVID a little bit. Um, Let's talk about the Western Conference now. Stars. uh, I, I don't know if any of us had them in the playoffs. They've lost four games in a row. They're now seven points out of a pretty um, pretty competitive central division with Winnipeg, Nashville, St. Louis, and Minnesota all holding play, uh, the top four spots right now. Uh, do you foresee the Dallas Stars having any chance to get back into that race? Colorado as well, sorry. Colorado, St. Louis, Minnesota, and Nashville are, are the top four. So for me, they do have a chance because they had gotten really hot. I think they had won seven straight at one point. So like yeah. they're a streaky team, but like they could easily get hot again. I like the offense and um, I think hopey has been playing well. So I'm not willing to rule, rule out Dallas. I'm not willing to rule out Winnipeg. I could totally see Nashville falling off. Like there's just a lot of time left to go. Um, so to answer the question, no, I'm not going to count out Dallas just yet. Car. I would agree. I think it's a little too early. I think having Bishop end his career is a crushing blow to that team because I think that's kind of what they needed. Um, but Jake Ottinger should be playing more. He's been very good. Rope Hints is heating up. Like they have talent. They just need to put it together like they did when they made that Stanley Cup run. I think it's just tough because there are going to be some good fucking teams in the West that miss. Like, there's six teams in that division that you could argue right now are playing well enough to be a playoff team um, with Minnesota, St. Louis, Colorado, Nashville, Winnipeg, and Dallas. And then in the Pacific, you have Anaheim, Edmonton, Vegas, and Calgary all playing really well. So there's only eight playoff spots. That's 10 teams. There's going to be some good teams out of the playoffs. And I don't know if the Stars are going to be one of them. But uh, I don't know. I just it feels like there's something missing from this roster. 
Like when you watch the stars, like Haskinen is supposed to be, I don't know. It just feels like Haskinen just doesn't have such an effect on the game as he did when he came into the league. Same with Klingberg. I feel like their offensive abilities are just not coming out as much as they should in that offense. That's totally fair. I agree. I feel like I don't hear about them anymore. Yeah. They're not, they're not doing shit. No, I've heard – obviously, I have Miro on my fantasy team. So, he's, like, been pretty good. Um, but I think as they lose, he hasn't done a whole lot. Um, I think he's, like, defenseman, like, 22, which is obviously – he was, like, defenseman top – like, he was in the top 10 for defenseman for a while this year. So, to that point, Colin, I think he's fallen off. Klingberg, I haven't heard anything from Klingberg. I, I really haven't. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, it's a fair point. Dan, anything on Dallas? I like Dallas. My roommates like the bet on them, but I have not heard of their name in like a week or two, so I couldn't tell you how they're doing. That's the it's only way they've I lost know. four in a row. They stopped betting on them. Ah, they probably did. <laughs> I like, I tell them because I would like look at the standings and like try and interpret for them because I know more about hockey than they, and that's pretty sad. Um, so I'd have to interpret the standings, but they uh, they stopped betting on hockey because of the finals and stuff. So I haven't really been paying attention the last couple of weeks, but I was into hockey for a bit. So. How's your fantasy team doing, Dan? Oh, I don't fucking check that thing. <laughs> oh, good. I need to play you again soon. <laughs> I'll set my lineup just for the for you. Oh. Let's talk about the Pacific Division, as I previously mentioned. Uh, Anaheim has taken first place now. Edmonton has lost their last six, uh, last six games. They only have a point lead over the LA Kings. They could drop to fifth. Uh, and the Canucks have won five in a row and are sneaking up those standings. So this division getting equally as competitive uh, to the central division. Uh, any thoughts from you two? Sorry, Dan, but. Um, I can take it first. Um, still not really sold on Anaheim. I'm not sure where they'll finish. Calgary, I think, will be a playoff team. Vegas, obviously, will be a playoff team. Edmonton, I'd like to say they'll be a playoff team, but obviously right now, like, to lose, like, either five or six straight at home, pretty bad. They're giving up a fuck ton of goals, which I don't – which, like John Tortorella said, like, way back, like, they're a team that is very flashy on offense, but, like – they don't really play defense at all. Like, it's really concerning. Yeah, you can have such a good power play. You can have the two best players in the game. But, like, when it comes down to if you don't have a goalie and you, you don't have good defense, you're going to lose games. Um, you know, so for me, it would probably be Calgary-Vegas for sure. And then I don't know who's going to get the third seed. I would still venture to say the two playoff teams will come from either – well, one for sure will come from Central. Maybe, depending on how Anaheim plays, maybe they could get in. But, like, for me, it's – Calgary, Vegas, top two for sure. I don't know what anyone thinks. I, yeah, I'd have to agree. I don't think what Anaheim's doing right now is sustainable. Like, I feel like Getzloff, like this is like a career year for Getzloff. He's not going to keep this up. And I think Troy Terry, the, the steam will run out on his train. Um, I think like freaking Anthony Stolarz is having a ridiculous last couple weeks in net. That's not going to last. Um, so, yeah, I would agree. Calgary and Vegas seem like locks to me. I feel like Edmonton can turn it around. You know, I know they're in on flurry or some other goaltender that will fix that problem for them. That's a huge boost. Maybe even Tuka Raskala. That seems unlikely at this point. Um, and I just think the Canucks, I don't know. Like, I, I really want the Canucks to make the playoffs. They were in my prediction. I love what Bruce, Bruce Boudreaux has done with the team, really got that offense going. But, like, 
I don't know. I don't, I don't see it. It's too competitive right now. And to me, Anaheim, like, is kind of sustainable. Yes, Getzloff's points are a little inflated, and Terry's been uh, on a crazy roll. But if guys like Isaac Lunderstrom, he's got seven goals, eight assists in 30 games. Like, uh, Adam Henrique, I know, is playing well. He's got six goals in and 10 assists in 24 games. So if you can get that kind of production all throughout the lineup, a Cam Fowler has rejuvenated offensively. He's got 16 points in 30 games. Uh, let's check Lindholm real quick. Um, Hampus Lindholm, not so much, 10 points in 30 games. But, like, when you look at this roster, yeah, there's no star. But, again, it's like the San Francisco Giants, Cleveland Cavaliers type thing where if you just get this production consistently, night in and night out from every single guy, you're going to win games. And with Gibson in that, I mean, come on, he's so good. Uh, so I think Anaheim has a chance. Vancouver is interesting to me because they have so much talent offensively, like Garland, Horvat, Besser, Pedersen, um, Tanner Pearson. Uh, JT Miller. JT Miller is fucking great. And you have Quinn Hughes on the back end. And Demko is a great goalie. We saw that when he's hot. So they're a really interesting case to me because Boudreaux's come in. You can tell the vibes changed. He healthy scratched Ekman Larson despite the huge salary he's making because he's not willing to do what he sees is best for the team. And, and I think a coach that's willing to do that is going to have success. And I think it's kind of like the Hawks last year. We talked about it a little bit, Evan. You mentioned it. Like, I think this is just a huge jolt of momentum for this team. And they could ride it. Like, if they get hot and Edmonton continues to struggle – Hockey is very easy to create a huge lead with the points and the way they work. So if Vancouver can stay hot for another month or so and a couple teams slide, they could have a lead big enough that they could ride kind of all the way in. So I like Vancouver, but it's going to be really interesting in the West. There's a lot of good teams. All right, let's move to the lineup card here. We're running a little long, much uh, longer than I expected. We spent a great deal on basketball talk. Um, so a little bit of a different wild card this week. Well, a lineup card this week. I made it, uh, not Evan. So we'll start with question number one. We'll go Evan Newman, Dan. What changes to the Seattle Seahawks would you like to see this offseason? A, a Russell Wilson trade. B, Pete Carroll fired. C, neither. D, both. Or I suppose E, other. Um, this is a good question, Colin. Um, I'm going to say fire Pete Carroll. Um, been there for so long, right? I just feel like he's kind of expired. Like it, the date is beyond. Uh, he's <laughs> the date the is gone by. Yeah, we passed the date. Uh, I think they, they would maybe benefit a lot from bringing, bringing in someone a little bit younger. Um, maybe someone who could bring in like more energy um i just think you know he's been there they're starting to fall off i don't know if they're tuning him out but i think like russell wilson's so talented that like you want to keep him with the receivers of metcalf and lockett and you just kind of got to rehaul the defense a little bit maybe the o-line um but i think it's more so bad moves by the front office you look at the jamal adams trade for example like they're more bad transactional moves and i would tend to blame it on the coaching like the offensive coordinator is new and he's done pretty bad from what i've seen you got to keep Russ Wilson. You lose him, like you're, you got no chance for a while. 
I think both. I think you move him, and I think you get rid of Pete Carroll. I think they start fresh. I feel like you could get a lot for Russell Wilson. That helps in building back up. That like their offensive line is shit. The defense is shit. Like, as good as those receivers are, they can't win a game with just two receivers. Um, and that yeah, I think Pete Carroll. You, I agree. You need someone younger in there. But like, I don't know. I want to give Russell Wilson a, a change of scenery. I think he deserves to play for. A different team like this the window has passed for uh, since the legion of boom so i think it's time to restart for seattle um I, i'm gonna go with neither um I, I don't think pete carroll is that bad of a coach and even i think evan said like get somebody that brings energy pete carroll as old as he is still brings a lot of energy he's very like energetic type of guy for how old he is um and then like, I just don't see Russell Wilson being traded. Um, I think he does too much for the community there in Seattle. Um, I, I, I just don't know if even Russell Wilson wants to leave. Um, I think a lot of the rumors don't – I don't think they're true um, that are out there about him wanting to go to New York or Chicago. Like, I, I don't think that makes sense. So, I think there's a lot of areas that Seattle can improve upon this offseason, um, offensive line. Um, I think finally getting a healthy running back so you could get a run game going could help Seattle. And even this defense, I mean, we talk about how it's fallen off. I don't think they've done a lot even to, to get it to a point where it can at least be top half of the league. Um, I think the secondary is pretty weak. Um, it plays well as a unit sometimes. And I think that is attributed to, uh, to Pete Carroll as a coach. So if they can just make some personnel changes, finally get healthy. I mean, this is a team that's dealt with a ton of injuries this year. And before Russell Wilson went down, was vying for a wild card spot. Um, it, I, I think they should both stay. Um, though maybe next year, if it kind of goes uh, south, maybe you could see them leave. But I, I think with the circumstances for this year, I think they both have to stay and give it one more run. I think the there are two good answers. You can get rid of both of them or you can keep them both. I don't think you can do one or the other. Um I personally, long-term, I think it's smart for the Seahawks to move on from them both after this season. I think Russell Wilson, as Newman mentioned, could fetch you a lot in replenishing a pretty dry uh, pick system, a pretty dry young player system in Seattle. And I just think if you're trading Russell Wilson, like Pete Carroll, you don't want him around to develop another quarterback, right? You want to bring in a coach, let him handpick a guy, because eventually Carroll's just – he's going to get older or he's just going to kind of expire, as Evan says. I don't think he's expired yet, but I do think in Seattle, long-term, if you're going to bring in another quarterback, it doesn't make sense to keep P. Carroll around. So I say you either get rid of them both or you don't, and you do what Dan says, and you try for one more run at it. Um, I think it's interesting, though. I'm curious to see how that will play out. And my cousin's a Seahawks fan, so – Curious to know what he thinks about that. Uh, question number two. If there is a COVID shutdown in sports, how long do you think it'll last? And also, do you think they can cut shut down at all? Uh, open-ended answer, Evan. Um, I don't think that uh, – to answer the first part of the question, I think it would last if they do shut it down. I think it's got to only be like – it depends on like what sport. Like I think uh, there's just so much – difference like within football like I don't think you can shut down football um I think you could shut down NBA NHL but that would only have to be probably for 10 days right like it can't be for long at all so that would be my answer to that first question if they do but they can't shut it down no way 
I agree. You can't shut it down. And even if you were to shut it down, like for, for let's say 10 days, you still need another week to get people practicing, ramp back up. Like that's way too long. I would say for like, like hockey, they have that planned two week break in February for the Olympics where you could institute, you know, a, a break if things are getting worse. Um, I know none of the other leagues have that, but I think for hockey, especially they should use that time to get everyone healthy. Um, I, I think a lot of the leagues, they have too much invested in these TV deals. Um, I think any pause would kind of mess those up. Um, I, I just don't see a pause happening for any of the leagues. Um, I, I think we're just going to deal with it. I mean, we've kind of learned over the last year how to deal with it. Um, it's going to lead to some terrible play because you're going to see bums that are on the free agency or waiver wires, making it to rosters um, to play some games. But I, like, I think teams are just going to be able to overcome it and we're going to be fine. I mean, we saw games last year, like the Browns playing without any of their wide receivers, Broncos playing without their quarterbacks. Like it's doable. It sucks because of, at least in the NFL, the timing of it, the playoffs are coming up. Teams are buying for wild card spots. And I mean, hell, even the top teams in the league haven't clinched their playoff spots yet. So it's just a weird year um, and to be expected with just the weird circumstances of the year with COVID, but I don't see a lockdown happening. Yeah. I'd have to agree. I just don't, there's too much money. They lost too much money from the first shutdown to be for the owners to be okay with doing it again. I don't think they could, they, or they would allow that to happen. They're just, they want too much for their pockets. Um. Question number three, um, a hockey question now. What do you think the Bruins need to do to jumpstart the team? Currently sit outside the playoff picture uh, in the East. Option A, trade for a top four defenseman. Option B, trade Jake DeBrusque. One might say you do option A and B with one stone. Uh, C, sign Tugarask. D, other. Uh, I'm going to take the other. I'm going to go right back to what, what I was talking about earlier. I want Omar to get – this is my wish. I want Omar to get literally like eight of the next ten starts, maybe more. Like, this guy's got to be fucking playing every – like, as as often as you can, play this man. I think that would jumpstart the team a lot. You saw when he was in, the boost that he gave them north of the border in Edmonton, in Calgary, like, you paying him a lot of money, get this guy – of a lot of starts and you're going to get a jump start for sure. I'm confident about that. So play on Mark. Um, I think they need to trade for a forward, which is obviously not one of the options, but um, also I'll say trade to brusque. Uh, there is other. Of, yeah. Is well, other. I'll say trade to brusque cause he's a problem, but they shouldn't get a forward back. I was just looking they have five players in double-digit points. The only other team with five players in double digits is the Coyotes, who are in last place. Every other team has more than five players with double-digit points. So the scoring is the problem right now. Pathetic. The, the goaltending is fine, and the defense has been fine. The scoring needs an uptick. I would just add, I did see a rumor. So uh, Sharks forward Kevin LeBanks pretty much been completely like taken away from the team. Uh, Coach Bob Bugner called him out. Um they might try to trade him. So I think a DeBrusque, Kevin LeBanc swap would make a ton of sense in San Jose. Anyway. Um, yeah, I don't really know. Um, <laughs> I, I guess I'm going to go with, 
I, I don't even know what how to properly answer this, but somebody that could just score. Um, I feel like the Bruins' problems, at least over the last couple of years, like it's just been they always score in the power play, but when it's five on five, they just can't find a way to score. Um, and I don't know if that's true this year, just not watching enough Bruins hockey while I'm at school. But I just feel the Bruins at times, like even once it gets to the playoffs, their offense just ceases to exist unless it's a power play. So just getting more guys that could score um, just five on five. And I don't know how you address that, what positions, but uh, someone that could do that. Yeah, the five on five scoring is fucking pathetic. And I, I have the rant. So we'll, I'll talk some more about the Bruins a little later. But to answer the question, um, I think you got to do all of the above, right? Like DeBrusque has got to go. I still think you need another defenseman because outside of McAvoy, I really don't trust anyone else. Like Grizzlick has been iffy this year. Carlo is very solid, but it's still, like he's not a top two guy. He's a great top four, but he's not top two. Four boards been decent. And then Riley has sucked ass. And then the pair of Zaboral and Clifton has been, like, fine, whatever. I actually love Clifton. Um, but outside of McAvoy, there's not one, like, elite-level defenseman on that squad or even, like, truly above average. I'd say Carlo is definitely above average, but you need another strong anchor on that back end. You're asking too much of McAvoy, uh, especially when he's playing with Grizzlick, who's supposed to be so offensive. It's just a lot of pressure on one guy to hold you down defensively. Uh, and DeBrusque, like you, you said, Evan, he's got to go. He requested a trade. He's got to go. I think signing Tuca would also just kind of help the locker room morale a little bit. Like Tuca's been your anchor for so long to have him back there. You just feel confident. And not that you don't feel confident right now with Omar and Swayman. They've both been playing really well. But there's just something about having that guy you've trusted for so long and knowing you can trust him again back there. I think that would be a huge boost for this team. All right, question number four. Would you rather the Boston Celtics trade both Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum or trade neither of them? Evan? Uh, I'm going to say I want them to – this is tough. Um I think you got to trade one of them, right? So right now, based on what I know about Tatum maybe leaving, I think you want to keep Brown because no, 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 no. You have to trade them both or keep them. Oh, both. oh, well, I'm keeping them both. They're just too talented of players, and I don't know what the hell you get back. So you can't, you can't trade both of them. Sorry, I misunderstood the question. My apologies. Sir. Okay. Yeah, I, I keep them both. You can't. I, you need at least one. So if I, they're a package deal, I'm keeping them both. Um, as much as I think the Celtics do need a restart because this cast of characters that they currently have does not work, um, I think you have to keep both. I think getting rid of them, like the Celtics are still too good to just go for a full reset and tank. Um, I think they have to at least, I know it's not the question, but they have to at least keep one and just work off of that guy and build a team around him. Because um, like I said, this, this group that they have now just doesn't click together. It doesn't work. Um, and that's proven over the last couple of years, but um, I would say sure. Neither. I would say that there's a legitimate case to be made for trading both of them. If you think about what you could get in return for two, what many would consider superstars in the NBA, both under 25 years old on reasonable contracts. 
I think, I mean, you could fetch a King's ransom, as they say. So I think there's a good case to be made if the Celtics were maybe a smaller market team and fans and just the media and even the basketball community as a whole wasn't so invested on their winning because a team like a, a Boston or a New York or an LA team, you can't just take your superstars and trade them and be bad for five years just to rebuild your team. It's just not what winning cities do. So realistically, I don't think you can trade both of them. I wouldn't hate it if they did. Um, but I thought it was an interesting question, right? Because immediately Evan was like, well, if I have to trade one, I, so like, there's obviously an argument to be made to trading one of them, but would you be able to accept trading both of them was what I was getting at. So interesting question. Good answers. Uh, question number five, who is one sports role player, not superstar role player, obscure figure, as I said in the chat, that you would love to experience a day in their life? Um, probably <laughs> um maybe jared stidham honestly as crazy of an answer that is that is um i just would like to be in that room i would also like to know how he feels about like pretty much being just abandoned to the third string quarterback obviously he gets to interact with bill belichick i think that would be really cool um so yeah probably him it's just a random ass answer i just came up with that off the cusp um, I would, I would go with him as, as terrible of an answer as that is. <laughs> what, a, what a strange pick. No, I like that. Um, well, he is a star, but it's very obscure. I'm going with Justin Tucker just because I yeah, would love that's to just, a good pick. I would love to go like, I know every day he goes to his local park and kicks with young kids. Um, and they shag for him. Like, that'd be really fun. And he's a, world-class opera singer so to be that talented for a day that'd be kind of dope that is a great answer it makes it's it wipes day. the floor clean with mine <laughs> um i don't know so much it like if it's being the person more of just like experiencing like being with this person but i'm picking gardner Minshew. this guy is like i knew you were gonna say i knew it dude he is such a personality like imagine him in the off season just like living his lifestyle what he's doing day to day like that is definitely something that is like just american like everything about gardner Minshew is just amazing <laughs> personality the way he plays I, I would love to be gardner Minshew. hey maybe if you guys spend time together maybe you would have the opportunity to kiss him no i don't <laughs> want to do that maybe we can wear matching shorts uh so oddly enough evan my i've come up with a new player since you picked stidham i actually picked brian hoyer as my answer i thought it would be great to just like see what it's like to like be a patriot and like bill belichick rob Kraft. i'd love to meet mac like it just seems fun to be in this locker room right now so i felt like that would have been an awesome answer but if i had to pick another one i think i'd go trent frederick uh, just the way he plays, like to always be that guy fucking chirping with everyone and like ready to fight at a moment's notice, but also like pretty skilled and talented player. I think he would just like, he just seems to be so much fun. I think that would be a fucking fun ass life to live. 
Okay, let's move on to question number six. I keep fucking closing out my notes app and then opening it back up, but I've already transitioned to the next question, so there's dead space. Uh, question number six, non-sports now. So what is the best part of Christmas outside of presents? A, family time. B, snow. C, the movies slash music. D, decorations, or of course, feel free to go off the board. Easy for me. It's movies and music, not even close. Um, I absolutely love Christmas music. Uh, I love oh. the song Little Drummer Boy, the Bob Seger version. This Christmas, Donny Hathaway, that's a great one. Last Christmas by Wham, another really good one. I got a nice Christmas playlist, a lot of uh, beautiful songs on there that I'm enjoying. I think Christmas movies are also great. Elf is fucking hilarious, and it's just not even close for me. <laughs> First off, Little Drummer Boy is like a, a bottom tier song. That's no, yeah. listen to the Bob Seger version. No, the Bob Seger version. No, it, it is not a great song, but Bob Seger, who sings old time rock and roll, he's a great <sighs> singer and it's a great song. It's a great song. Right. And I love every yeah. song. All right, Donald. <laughs> Shut up. Um, for me, it's the decorations, although the Michael Bublé album is always on my, my playlist. That's good Christmas music. Bublé Fox, for real. He does fuck, but the decorations, I just like throwing up lights in my room and having like twinkly garland on the stairs. Like it's really fun. Like, you know, it's Christmas time and we're not getting any fucking snow because of fucking global warming. So that's not even a, a good choice. <laughs> There's actually a 90% chance on Saturday of snow back at home. Hey, let's go. You guys come home. Um, oh, this is tough because I love Christmas and just December. I, I absolutely love Christmas time. Um, so this is very hard for me, but I don't know why I am such a sucker for the first snowfall of the year. Um, oh, you can ask my, I just absolutely love it. I, I just love when it snows. I just love it. Um, born you just want to put on your jammies and lay on the couch with blankets on you? <laughs> oh, no, I don't do that. But He's uh, not you, Evan. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I don't know. Just like you can ask my roommates when it like finally snowed at school. It wasn't supposed to snow that night and we got like three inches. I was literally like at the window just watching it snow. <laughs> like I just absolutely love snow. Um, even at home, like there's a different vibe when it's snowing out. Like it's like it just sounds different. It's not normal. It, it, it's so nice. Just absolutely love snow. I, I know love how no one's picked family time. Yeah, <laughs> I know, and I'm not either. <laughs> there is such a difference. Like when it snows, the house just feels a little warmer, and it, everything seems a little bit more serendipitous. Um, so I think that's it, it, you have a good point, Dan. But I absolutely fucking hate snow. Uh, oh, I fucking hate snow. Like when it's the white, fluffy snow. Yeah, and, and then like, thirty minutes nice later, little, like, brown and cloud as you all step on it. Oh, it's amazing. It's not yeah. hard to shovel. It's not hard to clean your cars. Snowfall. If it's the wet, heavy shit, I mean, we're fucked. But <laughs> yeah, uh, I got to go with decorations with Newman. There's nothing better than a nice fucking Christmas tree. You know, you scroll on Instagram or something, you see a nice home page where it's a beautiful Christmas tree or some great decorations. Uh, and there's just something about Christmas decorations it just makes you feel good inside. So I got to go with uh, decorations. Question number seven. If you had one snack to eat for the rest of your life, what would it be? 
Um, I'm gonna go with goldfish. Um, I just Fucking it's my favorite it. snack. It's just my favorite snack. So uh, there's no other reason to elaborate on that. That's a great fucking pick. Only the the colored ones though are the best. Colored or fire. Colored or fire. Uh, I'm going with spicy um, Doritos because I eat those pretty much on a daily basis and they fucking slap. I'm curious to see if Colin's gonna pick Funyuns anyway. Oh, it's number two for me, but it's not my pick. Funyuns slap. Um, I don't know why this is literally just this past semester at school, but I'm going to go Cheez-Its. I can go through boxes of Cheez-Its. I don't know why. I don't know what it is. Get the like extra toasted ones. I'll go through boxes until I don't know when. Yeah. Cheez-Its are awesome. Uh, I'm going sour Skittles because I just want to rot all my teeth away and, and have no teeth by the time I'm a grandfather. So my fucking grandkids can make fun of me for talking like a, <laughs> I have just gums in my mouth, um, but I love sour Skittles. I mean, I can't get enough of them. My favorite fucking candy, um, so I, I'd have to pick them. All right, this is an original hypothetical here. If you have to flip a coin 10 times and it's heads four or more times, it's just 40% success rate, you could win a million dollars. If it's not heads four or more times, for every time it's tails, you could spend a year in jail. Would you take the risk? Well, I guess my, my answer is a little complicated because it depends on how much I hate my life. Granted, I'm very happy right now, so I'm probably not taking the challenge. And I'm at college working to get a job and to be comfortable. But God forbid, say, like, I don't know, maybe, like, I don't want to say this, but in the future, something bad happens to me. You're a burnout. I get fired. Someone close to me maybe passes away or like i don't know if i'm just very lonely if no one wants to marry me um <laughs> and i'm down Jesus in the dumps Christ. about life save the psychology stuff for your fucking therapist <laughs> <laughs> no i'm just this is part of the hypothetical because as of right now and i, I probably would not take the challenge because i like my life a lot i would have to be in a dark place to accept this challenge so i'm no for me that's probably a no for me. Even the odds are in your favor. And funny enough, I just tried it and I succeeded um, just barely. But um, I still wouldn't do it because I'm fucking going to prison. Yeah. Um, I'm a fairly conservative guy when it comes to like risk. Um, so I'm not going to do that just in the off chance I end up going to prison. Um, just that's not happening. So I'm going to have to say no. I'm a numbers guy, man. I'm fucking doing it. Are you kidding me? Four uh, times. Baseball dude. It's just four times. It's just four times. It's a 50% chance every time. You have to. You, you want to hear something funny? So about a week ago, my roommate, he was just flipping a coin. He was like, oh, what's it going to land on? I shit you not. This coin went tails 14 times in a row and then went heads 12 times in a row. Well, here's my thing. I would really only accept the challenge if the, the roles of heads and tails were reversed because I'm a tails guy. So if tails was the successful call, then I would do it. I'm not a heads guy. I'm a tails oh, I'm a guy. Heads every guy. Time. I'm a tails heads guy. Baby. Tails never fails. Tails I never lost never. a coin toss as the captain for football. Never lost. No, we What'd never won one. What? What'd you call, Dan? Tails. Tails never fails. Yeah. 
Exactly. Uh, I'm not a believer in that. That's a scam. I called Taylor. We didn't win a single coin toss my senior year of soccer. We lost every single one. <laughs> All right. Question number nine. And uh, because I'm an idiot, we got a bonus. Question number 10. It's the pitcher slot in today's lineup card. Uh, so question number nine. Pick one job to do for the rest of your life from this list. A, high school custodian. B, trash man. C, flight attendant. Or D, prison officer? Um, for me, it's flight attendant. I'm kind of a sucker for travel, too. So I really like to see new places and stuff. Um, like, I have, like, a layover flight in January in, in, in San Francisco and in Denver. And I'm actually just really excited even for the layover to just, like, fly into these different cities. Um, so I'm really excited for that. And I just love traveling, love seeing new things. So I think being a flight attendant is by far the best option on this garbage list dumpster fire jobs that no one wants <laughs> that's why i created it yeah flight attendant is the easiest pick in the whole lineup card like why the fuck would you do anything else you can travel as long as you don't get ex- like excruciatingly bored on flights but you can still sleep occasionally and you can hang out in different countries like that's pretty cool um not gonna be a custodian yeah, I gotta go flight attendant. Um, just not dealing with trash or violent people, um, or at least you hope. Um, <laughs> so gotta go flight attendant on that one. I'll take a trash man. Number one, they make bank. <laughs> they make bank. Number two, you guys keep saying flight attendant. Think about the dog shit hours you have as a flight attendant, dude. Who you- cares? Who cares? What happens when you have a family and fucking kids and a wife that you want to see, but you got to board a flight to fucking I don't give a shit. I'm in Paris, bro. Well, you you don't just fly to all good places, you know. You could fly to, like, fucking Cabal. Well, I don't really think your wife would want to touch you after you just went on a trash run. Yeah, what? Take a fucking shower, guy. Do you, do you have trash all day? Yeah. Like you're smelling that shit all day. Like yeah. take your clothes off before you go inside. It's just trash. Oh, oh it's pouring rain, and you want to be throwing trash into some fucking truck. Think about how jacked those fuckers are. Oh uh, yeah, they probably are. They're probably ripped. They probably oh, so, all have died. I don't know about ripped. They definitely have some functional strength. Yeah, but they're all they're they're all doing well for themselves. I don't think trash man's that bad of a job. Oh, all set. Well, anyways, and also being a flight attendant fucking blows these days. You see all the assholes on airplanes like all going viral on Twitter. All yeah, the time. but it's one viral video out of how many flights. Yeah, it's a like day. one flight out of how many. <laughs> I know, but you could be that unlucky fucker. You could. All right, bonus question. This one's a good one. Would you rather only drink water for the rest of your life, or never get to watch NFL Red Zone again? Well, water is usually my drink of choice regardless. And if NFL Red Zone is on the line, I am by far sacrificing all other drinks. Although alcohol would be sad. Actually, I did not think about that. So uh, I didn't think about that. Oh, so yeah, no, I need some alcohol in my life at some point. So I'll spare Red Zone. I'll just, I'll, I'll watch uh, NFL Network. I'll be all right. I need beer. Alcoholic. Yeah, as the only non-alcoholic on the pod, I'm going to oh. sacrifice. Okay, maybe not Dan, oh. but I will sacrifice 
fruit punch Gatorade and Capri Sun to keep red zone in my life um, since I drink water anyway. <laughs> this was easy for me. Not so much for Evan. <laughs> Where's this accusation of me being an alcoholic coming from? I don't think any of us are, by the way. I question you. Me? Yeah. Dude, wait till you hear my answer. Uh, well, okay, but still. Anyway, um, uh, shit. I'd probably, yeah, I'm drinking water for the rest of my life. Um, uh, real but... quick, just to interrupt, Dan, on your 21st, what, are you going to go to the bar and get a water? <laughs> I guess so. I mean, yes. you never go watch on. Red Zone again? Like, that kind of oh, sucks. Look, I don't this know. This has like... absolutely nothing to do with alcohol for me. I just can't drink water for the rest of my fucking life. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't. That's absurd. I, water. I drink milk every single night. I mean, I like a fucking Gatorade after a long, hard day at work. Yeah. I like a fucking nice lemonade. I love a good Sprite, especially from McDonald's. Like, yeah, I love Red Zone, but, like, I can check the shit on my phone. I can still watch football. I just can't watch Red Zone. It just – and, yeah, like, eventually, like, like Evan said, 21. Like, I want to go out and to the bars and have a good night. Like, I don't need to be an alcoholic to choose fucking not drinking water for the rest of my life. Yeah. I'd say there's just too many good drinks out there. Like, think about hot cocoa come Christmas time. Yeah. Coffee. You can't ever drink coffee again. Oh, I'm switching my answer. I don't know if either of you are coffee drinkers. <laughs> I'm yeah, switching my answer. There's forgot a lot about more that. This than alcohol. I mean, yeah. Evan's just a. Oh, I wasn't thinking of, That's where his mind. The alcohol wasn't originally in my uh, my. Not even mine. Here, so. Well, I know, initially said, I initially yeah. said, um, that water was the only thing I drank, but then I kind of forgot about all. And then my mind went to alcohol. And then my mind went also to apple juice and chocolate milk. Oh my god! Oh, hot cocoa and Christmas. Yeah, I'm time. pushing this answer real quick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, to me, it's easy. It's got to be no red zone. Yeah. Yeah. Newman, you yes. miss your Capri Suns. All I'm right. Yeah. That right. is the end of the lineup card. Do the rant quickly. This has been quite a long podcast. Um, almost an hour and 20 time flies when you're having fun all right it's my rant this week so i'm going to start i'm ranting about the boston bruins uh for many reasons number one don sweeney you fucking stink like dude you could have just had i know allmark has been very good but like you could have saved a lot of trouble you could have had vadar and swayman for less than two million and then you wouldn't have had the issue of feeling like you have to play Olmark. You could have been fine bringing back Rask. It wouldn't have mattered that you're paying a guy five fucking million dollars. So a guy, a guy like that has to start. You're going to have to send Swayman down if you bring Rask. So he just really fucked the goaltender situation royally. Uh, secondly, this, this depth scoring. Taylor Hall has as many goals as a guy who's playing fourth line because he publicly requested a fucking trade. They both have five goals. Jake DeBrusque and Taylor Hall have the same amount of goals. It's fucking putrid. Craig Smith has been out for most of the year. He has not 10 points. I know that. He's got to fucking pick it up. Nick Feligno, Felino, Fatrashno is fucking garbage. I mean, yes, he's effective. I don't see a fucking single point on the score sheet. I think he's got one fucking assist in like 12 games. 
I could have more points. Uh, fucking Dan Hayes could have more points. I don't even know if Dan knows how to fucking skate. Uh, next, you got to trade DeBrusque. I mean, God fucking trade him. I don't know why you even paid him $4 million to begin with. You got to get rid of him. I got 30 seconds left. Mike Riley. I mean, if you're going to fucking watch the game, buy a fucking ticket or take your kids to open skate. Jesus Christ, dude. Skate a little harder. Do something on offense, wouldn't you? Shoot the fucking puck, maybe. Oh, score a goal. Is that too fucking foreign for you to understand, Mike Riley? And that goes for the rest of the defensemen, too, outside of McAvoy. It's fucking pathetic. The Bruins really need to pick it up. I, I mean, it's bad. They need David Krejci back. That's the end of my rant. No, I like it. Really good rant. I mean, I share a lot of the same frustrations that you do. I know we're big, big Bruins guys, and it's just frustrating to watch the same old bullshit. I mean, and Taylor Hall, my goodness. I mean, what the hell happened? What a waste of fucking Ross, money. You win the Art Ross, and then it's like, well, what the hell happened after that? Your, his talent's, like, magically gone. I, I, I don't – I don't know. Frustrating. Just don't let the, the record still be out there. Said the Bruins wouldn't be that good this year. I caught some flack. I hate it when Dan's right. Especially about hockey. (laughs) (laughs) You guys have anything else to add before we wrap this bad Larry up? No, this was a fun pod. I think one of our better ones really of all time. I thought it went very well. This was a very fun pod, a great way to end 2021, a great year for Clubhouse Convos, our birth year, one might say. Yep. We're not even one year old. (laughs) (laughs) Here's the last like 30 seconds of nothing. (laughs) We can never stay on. Someone someone make that the intro clip. Someone make that the intro clip. I will, I will, I will. All right, let's wrap it up. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. Uh, Merry Christmas if you celebrate. Happy Hanukkah if you you don't celebrate Christmas or anything else. Happy New Year, and we'll see you in 2022. Happy holidays. Peace. Peace. Put your tears away. Ain't no fear today. You can drive off towards that summertime sunset. It's what you ain't done yet. Take the keys, leave the regrets. Write your letters, place your bets. I'll be the one who accepts. You don't have to